Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. Are you a business owner looking for help with HR benefits and payroll? MWG Employer Services offers a wide range of services and can create a custom plan that fits your needs and budget. I was so overwhelmed with HR stuff. MWG Employer Services took all the stress out of it and even set up my payroll. I couldn't be happier. MWG Employer Services is here to help you succeed. Call us today at 601-206-7966 or go to mwgemployerservices.com. You're listening to Sports Talk Mississippi On Demand, presented by Pearl River Resort. Escape to Choctaw, Mississippi and enjoy world-class gaming, the Dancing Rabbit Golf Club, and Geyser Falls Water Park. Escape to Pearl River Resort. To the junction, in the grove, and to the top. This, this is Sports Talk Mississippi. On your radio and in the game. Right here on Super Talk Mississippi. Middle of the week. Good Wednesday afternoon. Sports Talk Mississippi with you streaming at supertalk.fm. And Super Talk TV, thanks for being with us in the Pearl River Resort Studios. Of course, you can listen on any of your Super Talk Mississippi radio stations across the Magnolia State. Uh, Pearl River Resort is the home of the sports book at the Golden Moon Casino. You can learn more about them online at pearlriverresort.com. We want to hear from you this afternoon. We would love to interact with you on the C Spire text line. The number is 601 879 Four three nine five. Give your business the edge with gigabit fiber internet from Seaspire Business. Learn more at cspire.com slash business. Seaspire customer inspired. Richard Cross, Brian Haydad, Michael Borky has the day off. He's spending it with uh, with little man James on his birthday, so uh, certainly a good reason for that. But a treat for us all, Brian Haydad, in the absence of Michael Borky. The one and only Will East in the house. Yeah. Hello, William. I, I need my theme music. I need some, you know, by God, that's Will East music. Well, I mean, you, you kind of control We're still that. waiting on our, uh, we're still waiting on our Food Friday music that you said you were going to give us two months ago. So, I mean, we'll put well, Will hold, East hold, theme hold music on. Actually, actually, on, on the on. list. Hold, 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 hold. Oh. He, oh. he, he did send, he, um, an option. He, he did. He did. But it was not approved. Uh, and uh, so we had to, we've kind of had to go back to the drawing board. Apparently they didn't like my rapping. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> he rolled over the, <laughs> I beatboxed it, you know, LL, LL <laughs> cool. Will Friday over and we're here to say <laughs> pokes is the way to go in a major way. L- he, didn't, Lil- he didn't think that was the right way to go. <laughs> Lil Will didn't make it, okay? Just... Why are your eyes so big, hey, Dad? I'm just uh, that was the debut album for Lil Q-Zip over there. Good job. <laughs> yeah, well, I ripped it off, though. I mean, it was straight plagiarism. I bet you did. East, so there, there we go. Oh. Uh, boys, there was a football game last <laughs> night of sorts. That's one way to put that. Yeah. Mobile, Alabama. Uh, we one talked about it a lot football. yesterday. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Southern Miss visiting South Alabama, and clearly going into the game, South Carolina as a, or excuse me, South Alabama as an eighteen and a half point favorite was expected to to win the football game by the odds makers, 
We talked yesterday about you know some ways that Southern Miss could could have success, could could try to have success, could try to pull the upset. Uh, there was there was no upset except maybe the post game locker room where Southern Miss was upset with the uh, the result. It was fourteen to nothing at the end of the first quarter. It was thirty one to nothing at halftime. At the end of the third quarter, it was forty eight to three, and then South Alabama, with uh, about thirteen and a half minutes to play, scored one more touchdown for good measure. Absolute... I had one called back. Oh, oh, I missed that. Yeah, it would have been uh, do the math here. Yeah, it would have been sixty two three, but it was called back on a holding penalty. It was absolute, complete, utter domination. Um, South Alabama had 287 yards rushing on 44 attempts with seven touchdowns on the ground. And they threw for 360 yards in the game last night. Um, Lacey, uh, Colin Lacey led the way for South Alabama in terms of receiving. He had nine catches on 11 targets. Carter Bradley, the starting quarterback, was 21 of 27 for 319 yards. Gio Lopez, the backup, was 2 of 4 for 41 yards. But Damian Webb had 102 yards rushing and four touchdowns. And then a whole bunch of other guys carried it successfully as well. And then you flip to the other side of the stat sheet. Southern Miss had 103 yards on the ground. Kenyon Clay carried 10 times for 60 yards. Frank Gore, 12 for 37. Rodriguez Clark, 5 times for 13 yards. And the two quarterbacks, Holman Edwards and Billy Wiles, combined to go 7 of 20 for 46 yards with no touchdowns and one interception. Uh, if I could sum that up in a sound, it would be... Yeah. yeah. There's a word for that. There's a word for that performance. 47 yards of total offense for South Alabama for Southern Miss, 149. There's a word I like to use on the Thunder and Lightning podcast. I feel it is appropriate here. That was putrid by Southern Miss. You, uh, I'm not a Southern Miss fan. I don't. I don't claim to be one. But I want one of them to text in and tell me a worse loss than that in their program's history. Yeah, you're right, and, and we'll get to. Um... We'll get to some of these messages on the ceasefire text line in uh, in just a moment. Full disclosure, I was not able to watch the game. I um, I was coaching my son's flag football team last night. Big win for the Giants to get back to two and one. It was good to get that uh, that losing At least taste. One out Giants of the mouth. are winning. Uh, yeah, no doubt from uh, from Monday night. Had to kind of hang on for dear life at the end. There, there was a couple of it, it got a win to, is a win. You're right. A win is a win. That's why you get off to a good start. Give yourself a little cushion if you That's need right. it at the uh, the end of the ball game. That's right. 
And, right. and my intention was, as soon as we got home and got the kids down, I was going to flip the game on and you know watch what was left of it. There was no reason to flip it on at that point. You had the fundraiser for the Octibaha County um, Humane Society. Humane Society. Mm-hmm. And and so you were what eight eight thirty getting home and you got home and you flipped it on. Yeah, I got home. I, I made myself something to eat and I ate and then I was like, all right, let's turn this game on. And I turned it on and then I immediately texted Luke Johnson and it was a one word text and it just said, "Dude," because that's all I could say to him. And then he had he had plenty to say. Um, all of it very respectful because Luke Johnson is a man of the cloth, as we all know. Mm-hmm. So, but he was not, he was not pleased and nor should he be. And then I, I did have another friend who's a USM fan who texted me and his language was a little saltier, uh, cause he's not a man of the cloth and, uh, <laughs> he's not clothy. Yeah. He, he was just straight up drop out of division one is what he said. So eek. the, the level of frustration, disappointment. Um, dissatisfaction. I don't even know if that's a word. I, I made it up, but you understand what I'm. And and embarrassment. Uh, like all of those, all, all of yeah. those are are right there. It doesn't um, make sense, Richard. It doesn't make sense. You know, with Mississippi State struggles, you can point to okay, first time head coach. It's just not working out, and go from there. Right? You can explain everything away. This is Will Hall's third year. They had gotten better each of the previous two seasons. He had recruited pretty well. He had uh, one of the top running backs in the country on his roster, and it looked like he had solved the quarterback issue. And this might be as bad a team as they've had since the Ellis Johnson year. Maybe worse. That team went over. Yeah. This team won the season opener against Alcorn State. And... I don't know how you argue with that. You know, which one of those teams is worse? I guess it's up for debate. And the the thing that, that really stands out for me is Will Hall is an offensive guy and has been a good offensive mm-hmm. coach everywhere he's been mm-hmm. and really had that Tulane offense humming in New Orleans before he took the head coaching job at, at Southern Miss. And there have been some good you We remember how difficult that first year was. But they finished with a little momentum. That was with basically using a running back at quarterback. And then last year, ton of injuries and still managed to get into the postseason. Right? They played in a bowl game last year. Yes? Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. And so it kind of felt like things were moving in the right direction. And yeah. nothing in the running game. Nothing in the passing game. I mean, they haven't had a quarterback that's been significantly hurt this year, injured this year, but good grief. And, uh, and then, most most embarrassingly, or most importantly, the effort was not there last night. You know, Nick Saban always uses the term, I'm going to make their you-know-what quit. That's what happened last night. They, they did not want to keep playing football in the fourth quarter. In the third quarter, even. And when you uh, gloat is not the right word. When, when you fire shots before a game ever begins and it goes that way, 
or it doesn't, or it goes the way last night went, you can uh, you can expect for shots. Billboard to be Wars fired. released. Let's go. <laughs> you can expect for uh, shots to be fired after the fact. We'll get to that when we come back. Sports Talk Mississippi in the Pearl River Resort Studio. Mississippi on the Super Talk app, your local Super Talk station, and at supertalk.fm. All right, let's go to the ceasefire text line 601 879 4395. At least, uh, da, 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 da. Tony Smith, 2012 team. Tony chimes in and he says, at least that team lost. Oh, I, I was trying to figure out what E loss meant. It was yeah. a play on Ellis. E loss Johnson. Yes. 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 I was playing on Ellis. At least E loss lost by less points and he didn't play Alcorn State. Go look at the scores from that dreadful year. They had a chance to win a few. Yeah, I pulled that I up did look the at break. those scores. Yeah, yeah they, they they lost the season opener to number sixteen Nebraska by twenty nine. They lost to East Carolina by ten. Got popped pretty good by Western Kentucky. Western Kentucky had it rolling then, forty two seventeen. Yeah, lost a four point game to number seventeen Louisville. Lost to number twenty five Boise State. Lost in double overtime at UCF. Lost to Marshall, to Rice, to UAB, to SMU. Had a one-point loss to UTEP, and then lost to yeah. Memphis at the uh, the end of the year. Yeah, there was not a fifty-five to three on on yeah. that ledger. And then we we got a couple people trying to give me ideas for worse losses. So worse USM loss, sixty-nine to seven to Ole Miss in sixty-nine. Okay, that's fine, but that's an Ole Miss team that had Archie Manning. Like they're, that's a, they are, I believe, 68 is Ole Miss's last SEC title. So they're the defending SEC champions, and you lost. I mean, that's acceptable. Somebody else mentions Florida State in 87. That Florida State team went 11-1 and one and finished in the top five. This is a loss to a team that is in your conference. And I know Florida State and Southern Miss were in the same conference. They're in the Metro back then, but it's not the same. This, is, this, this, this kind of loss should not be happening to Southern Miss. No. Do you think NIL has hurt Southern Miss? The program just doesn't have money to buy players. I mean, that, that's not it, it that's may, not why they lost this game. It may play a factor, but if you look at the rest of the teams in the Sun Belt Conference, that's that's who they're playing in conference. Play. This is not you know you, you got a couple of games against top twenty five opponents or SEC opponents in the first two weeks of the season. And you're playing the games for a big paycheck to, to supplement the athletics department budget or, or to make the budget in a lot of cases. This is in their conference. And so tell me within the Sun Belt, James Madison, Marshall, ULM, Georgia Southern, Georgia State, Louisiana, Coastal Carolina, Arkansas State, App State, Old Dominion, who among those teams has got a big, fat NIL war chest? No. It, it doesn't exist. I mean, I just did a game this past weekend at Charlotte. 
It was Charlotte and Navy. Navy does not have the ability to participate in NIL. By law, they cannot pay players. Can't, can't do it. But players cannot have outside employment or money-making activities while they are enrolled at a service academy. It's not allowed. So take them out of the out of the mix. But but Charlotte, team of the first year head coach in, in Biff Pogey, I mean, talked with him about that. They, they don't have much NIL to speak of. It's something that he's working on, not outside the rules, but trying to develop business relationships within the Charlotte community to help them as they build their roster. But I mean, there there are a lot of guys, a lot of teams out there that don't have. I mean, everybody's got to some degree, you know, some local businesses. You know, you're able to do some things, but not a lot. Southern Miss has picked up a number of former Ole Miss and Mississippi State players through the transfer portal. You know, guys that weren't necessarily getting it done at the SEC level, but you thought were really going to be able to play and contribute, and in some cases, they have. So now I don't think NIL is what you point yeah. to on this. Yeah. No, I agree with you 100%. Robin Hattiesburg says the few still holding out hope that Hall could figure it out are finally seeing the light. The Ellis Johnson team had NFL talent. They would beat this team worse than USA did last night. Mm, I don't know about that. And then he says, Will Hall called uh, the plays. It was completely inept. And, and oh, by the way, South Alabama is a pretty decent football team. I mean, they, they have a win on the road at Oklahoma State this year, and Kate Womack's done a really good job there. Um, so, hey, Dad, you sent me the picture of the billboards earlier today. Yes. So We're talking about billboards again, decade later. Here we go. Here, here we go. So there were two billboards in and around the Mobile area. Craig Stevenson wrote about this. One of them said, Welcome to the ports or to Port City, which is the nickname for Mobile. Except Port was like scribbled out with, you know, what looked like yellow spray paint. Not actually. It was the way it was designed. And the word Port was replaced with Hub. I, I, my point is, I don't think somebody actually climbed up there and spray painted out. Yeah, Port I know. I, I get it. And replaced I get it with it. Hub yes. City. And then yes, the other I would one. Hope not was more of an institutional-looking billboard. It had, it was a black and gold billboard, and it said the University of Southern Mississippi on the left side with their logo. And then on the right side it said, a major university experience at a cost comparable to your local university. Clearly a shot. Yeah. Um, Kane Womack, after the game, Whoever the administrator is that signed off on the billboards just need to know that sometimes those things are great in a board meeting, but it'll get your blank kicked on the playground. <laughs> yeah, he's pretty uh, pretty uh, straightforward with that. Looking forward to USM's many happy returns uh, fire back next season. We'll see if that occurs. Uh, it's surprising that they 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 you know. They didn't really obviously they didn't really need to take it personally, but they did. They did. And they they really didn't want to leave any doubt in this one. And they didn't. And so I mean I I'm just left wondering, you know, where USM goes now. Because they still have tough games remaining on their schedule. 
They still have a non-conference state with Mississippi State, and as bad as state has been, if South Alabama beats you fifty-five to three, you know, I mean, I feel pretty good that state's going to win easily. So, I mean, where where are they going to end up? What, what what this is this is a scenario I did not envision us talking about for Southern Miss this year. Uh, on the C-Spire text line, play calling. Went up-tempo last night with the same horrible plays. Three and out several times in one minute rather than four or five minutes. And, it, you know, when we talked with, uh, when we talked with Luke yesterday, he said that he thought that they were going to try some different things on the offensive side. And I think one of the things that he thought they were going to try to do was, was go a little faster, play with a little tempo. You still got to get yards. You still got to get first downs. If you're going to play with tempo, you, you got to be able to cash in on that. Otherwise, you put your defense in really bad spots. The scoring drives for South Alabama: ten plays, seven or ten, yeah, ten plays, seventy-five yards, three fifty-three, eleven eighty-five, four thirty-six, fourteen eighty, six forty-eight. Shorter field here: six plays, fifty-one yards. Eight plays, 65 yards. Ten plays, 47 yards. Ten plays, 61 yards. Wait, that was a Southern Miss score. Their only score, the field goal that came mid-third quarter. And then the last three were three plays, 60 yards, three plays, 62 yards, and three plays, 31 yards. I think your question is a relevant one. Where, Where do you go from here? Because, I mean, I mean the, the, the fact is we've talked about the fact, we, we, we've talked about some of the struggles that Southern Miss has had drawing crowds to games. Well, oh, gosh, I didn't even think about that, though. Yeah. When's their next home game? Is it, is it next Saturday, weekend? Saturday, November 4th with ULM at home. There are two remaining home games. Oh. Saturday, they, they yeah, go to that's... App State a week from Saturday, so they don't play again for 11 days. ULM at home on November 4th, back-to-back road trips to Lafayette and Starkville, and then Saturday, November 25th at home against Troy. Yeah, I mean, it's not going to be a big crowd. So just, I mean, I'm, not, I'm not speaking out of turn when I say that. Um, yeah. I mean, it goes beyond apathy at that point, too. It goes beyond, like, actively, I'm, I'm not going. It's not that I don't care. It's that I care so much that I can't go. Because it's just going to make me mad. Yeah, it's not apathy; it's anger. Which, I'd almost which rather have a, an, an empty. St- it, it is because it, it can spur change, but you don't want a full stadium people booing you either. Yeah. Sports Talk Mississippi. We will switch gears when we come back. Ole Miss on the road against the Auburn Tigers this weekend. We'll talk with Adam Cole on the Farm Bureau guest line. Check out favorites.com and go with the home team at Mississippi Farm Bureau. We're back with you right after this. In Mississippi sports, you'll hear about it first, right here. Sports Talk Mississippi.
Welcome back to Sports Talk Mississippi with you on this Wednesday afternoon. Thanks for being with us in the Pearl River Resort Studios. Let's go to the Farm Bureau guest line. Check out favorites.com and go with the home team at Mississippi Farm Bureau. Adam Cole covers the Auburn Tigers at OA Now. OANow.com. You can uh, follow him on Twitter if you would like at Cole Reporter. Adam, appreciate uh, a few minutes of your time this afternoon. I want to start with um, with Hugh Freeze's press conference and the very first question that was asked. I, I thought was kind of a fascinating way to uh, to begin the press conference after he wished somebody a happy birthday. Um, they were asked about he was asked about his sideline demeanor and uh, instead of looking mad or angry, he looked sad and dejected. And his answer to that was kind of kind of rambling. What what did you take from that? Um. Well, truth be told, um, I, I actually, <laughs> I was actually out of town to start the week, um, and so I wasn't in attendance for for yesterday. But what I can say on the note of that LSU game was, you know, I, I know just kind of looking back at that, that it was, you know, they talked about it, it, it being a really embarrassing defeat, and I mean that was, I, I think, really true of, of of just that whole game. And I know he even admitted yesterday too that just. Um, you know, his players didn't have the right energy at a certain point. I think it was about the time they got down 17 nothing that, that it was just flat. And, and I mean, you could, you could see that from players. And I, and I think you could certainly see that looking back from him. And, um, I, I, I think it's just been, I, I think a lot of that's a result of, of this has been a year where I, I don't think anybody expected them to really fly super high. But at, at the end of the day, I mean, you know, they've struggled where, where he, based on his resume, is, is strongest. And, and so I think naturally, like, it's just been deflating that they've been sort of, they've looked clueless on offense. And, and I think that naturally that's where a lot of that, that, that feeling uh, just kind of stems from. Adam, I've heard a lot of people and kind of read a lot of people talking about the way Auburn finished the season a year ago with the win over Texas A&M and how they just kind of looked galvanized as a team when when uh, Carnell Williams was leading them uh, through the, the end stretch of that game. They played really hard. They were competitive in games that it, it looked like they really shouldn't have been competitive in. And a lot of people have said, well, that's how this that season ended, and now they're worse. What, what do we do with that? Because it's obviously a different coaching staff and, you know, in some ways a different team. D- does this does this 2023 Auburn team have that in them in, in terms of a kind of like, I see how many cliches I can roll into into one, but, you know, the, the circle the wagons, us against the world, mm-hmm. playing at Jordan-Hare, capturing the magic, all of that stuff. Do they have that in them? Uh, so uh, I actually, a really interesting perspective that kind of got brought you know, to me today that I, I hadn't really thought about much was it was thinking back on those those last four games under under Cadillac and um, you know I, I think a lot of the reason that they had so much success last year I I, I think you know uh, you could even say it without mention but I, I'd be remiss not to mention it is just the fact that you know they they were playing for somebody who had such a legacy and and at Auburn and it was I mean it was just sort of a a 180 shift if you go from from playing for somebody who just never really gelled to to somebody who was quintessentially Auburn and, and really the biggest thing about sort of last year and the reason they had the success they had was sort of this this short term look that they were just they were kind of playing to win the games that they had left and if they made a bowl they made a bowl but the goal was to win and I'm sure win for Cadillac and, and win kind of this 
you know, turning it around for, for Auburn, just sort of the whole, the whole tune of the program. And, um, what's, what's been kind of interesting as, as this year's kind of started and they've had a lack of success on offense is this question of, you know, why, why don't they go back to that? Why don't they just run the ball and hammer it home? And, um, the thing that I kind of had posed to me today was, was looking at as far as recruiting and, and recruiting moving forward. And, and that's not the brand of football that, that Hugh Freeze ultimately wants to play and, and put on the field at Auburn. And, um, to, to show not that, you know, kind of in recruiting, uh, it just, just probably isn't something he wants to do. And so I, I think that's been a really interesting thing is they've kind of struggled as far as circling the wagons, I guess, to get to answering your question. I wouldn't be shocked if they did it. Um, I think the way the schedule sets up, they're kind of coming to the end of this, this uphill climb. And I think things kind of get a little more downhill moving forward. Um, you know, of, of course, you've got Alabama at the end of the year, but you've got New Mexico State before them. That should be a darn near a guaranteed win. And, and Vanderbilt and Mississippi State both look like winnable games. And then, of course, you have Ole Miss at home this weekend. And, you know, Auburn played uh, Georgia what looked like within a touchdown or, you know, within the possibility of, of winning for about three quarters earlier this year at home. And so, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if they turned it around and, um, it's it's going to take a lot. They're going to have to look a lot different. But I ultimately, I wouldn't be shocked if, if they did it. What about the quarterback thing? Uh, obviously, they bring Peyton Thorne in as a, as a transfer. Robbie Ashford's been there. His issues throwing the football are, are pretty well documented. But he's also a, a dynamic athlete. And then Holton Gurnier has, I guess, had some spots this year, but clearly hasn't been enough to jump either of those two guys. Are they to the point where they've got to pick one or the other and just go with it, or are we going to continue to see this kind of rotating quarterbacks and there doesn't necessarily appear to be a, a rhyme or reason for why they go with a particular player at a particular time? I, I think, uh, you know, to, to pick one and stick with one, I, I think has been on a lot of people's minds. Um, and kind of going back to sort of what I was talking about in the last answer as far as like, not turning to that, just hand the ball off nearly every time and be a really run-heavy offense thing. I, I don't think they're going to turn to one. Whether that's right or wrong, I, I think that's up to you know the opinions of, of each individual. But at the end of the day, like I, I do think they're going to continue to to split the reps. And uh, you know, Ashford worked really well in the red zone at the start of the year, and I think we saw it in the LSU game that like. I, they put him in to start drives and kind of spark things, and, and they did that at Cal, and it, and it didn't really work. Um, it yeah. looked like it worked for about a drive against LSU, and even at that rate, they were probably down uh, multiple scores at that time. And um, I, I think the reality is, and that's something that Hugh said earlier this week, is that like they, they are expecting to still play both quarterbacks against Ole Miss this weekend. Um, you know, I, I, my question at this point is, is I don't know what's going to break the dam hypothetically to where you feel like you have to stick with one. Um, cause at this rate, I mean, things have looked bottomed out so much on offense and, and they still haven't changed. So if they haven't changed at this rate, I don't know if or when they will this season, you know, in terms of going to just one quarterback. Yeah. And, and, you know, the other thing, Adam, this game, it's got some stuff, right? Like some extra stuff. The, uh, the fact that Hugh Freeze was a coach at Ole Miss, the fact that Auburn made the run at Lane Kiffin in the offseason and ultimately Hugh Freeze gets the, the job and, and all of that. Does any of that matter on the field? Um, does it only matter to the fans? Does it matter to, to Hugh Freeze? Is that a factor on Saturday night in your mind? 
Um, I, I think, you know, Hugh actually did give a comment about that earlier this week, and he said that, uh, you know, since he's already, because when he was head coach at Liberty, they, they played at Ole Miss, and, and he's yeah. already had that, that, I guess, inaugural reunion, and, and he said that should lighten the emotions of it a little bit. I would imagine that will take a lot of any hypothetical weight off of this one, but you are right. There's there's a lot of storylines here between, you know, his past relationship with Ole Miss and, and his time there and, and everything that transpired, uh, you know, in, in terms of Lane Kiffin and, and Auburn and all those rumors swirling. I, I, I think those things are, they're all very real, of course, but I, I do think we've reached a point where things have kind of moved down the line so much that I, I wouldn't expect them to play a huge huge factor on the field um, in terms of what's going on in locker room motivation. You know, who's to really say? But at the end of the day, I don't think they're going to be these these massive uh, uh, sort of thoughts in, in the minds of, of what's going on with the people on the field. Last thing for you, Adam. Got about a minute left. Um, obviously, this gets better for Auburn when the roster gets better. How, how are things going on the recruiting front? And I ask that knowing full well that it's it's such a different time in recruiting that maybe that's more difficult to answer than it once was. Yeah, so it's it's interesting because you look at I mean of late you know Auburn's had two two decommitments uh, lately both you know uh, blue chip defensive back players Julius Solomon who just he was rumored to be committed to South Carolina and then it looked like a, a, the day he committed you know flipped to Auburn and he decommitted from Auburn and, and now has since recommitted to South Carolina and then and then Jaden Lewis who's an in-state defensive back prospect another blue chip uh, just recently decommitted um, those are two those are kind of the things that you know right at the forefront of just what's been going on lately um, I, I think really the biggest thing that's that's interesting to look at is since he got hired since his initial press conference he freezes talked about you know, bringing in an offensive coordinator to call plays, which which he's never really done before. And the reason that he did that was so that he could focus on recruiting. And now we're in the thick of this season, halfway mm. through it, and there hasn't really been any offensive success. And so he's discussed at length this struggle of whether or not he needs to take over play calling. And um, I wouldn't be shocked if that's having some impact on recruiting. But at the end of the day, too, you know, the bar had been so low when he came in and, and he's clearing it, uh, clearing it comfortably what it was. But I think he knows that, you know, the job isn't necessarily to clear the bar that was there. It's, it's to get the bar back up to where it needs to be. And I don't think it is where it needs to be just yet, but um, I, I, I think that's probably been his biggest focus since he's gotten here. He's talked about, you know, these 24, 25 recruiting classes and how they're probably going to define his tenure at Auburn. Um, so I don't think it's lost on him. And, and even though there have been a couple losses lately on the recruiting trail, I, I think it's been probably the biggest focus that, that he's had since he's gotten here. Adam, good stuff. Thanks for your insight. Adam Cole from OANow.com. You can follow him on Twitter at Cole Reporter. Thanks, Adam. Awesome. Thanks, guys. We're back with you after this on Sports Talk Mississippi. Sports Talk Mississippi. Here we, here we go, go. Super Talk Mississippi. Adam Cole for joining us on the Farm Bureau guest line. Check out favorites.com and go with the home team 
Mississippi Farm Bureau. Hey, did you happen to uh, peruse AL.com earlier today and see the column written by Joseph Goodman? You know, I didn't, but I've heard about it at this point. And uh, you know what? Sometimes you just got to go, man. You got to gotta jump in with both hands. Will, I have never seen, and this is a big statement, never seen a headline to a column that is more clickbaity when the actual column is about something other than the headline. But he's going to write the headline to grab the clicks. And he got them. Lane retweeted it, which was, you know, I guess his hope. And that's what happened. And they got their clicks, and we move on. I mean, today, this morning on Twitter, you saw it pop up. Goodman, colon, fire Lane Kiffin if he loses to Auburn. Here's how the story began, the column began. Let's just put this out there. If Lane Kiffin loses to Auburn on Saturday, then he should be fired on the spot and never hired again to coach college or high school football in the United States of America. Maybe he can get a job in Italy or Iceland or Slovenia or somewhere like that. That's fine. It doesn't have to be torture for Kiffin. I mean, I kind of like the guy. But a loss to Auburn this weekend gets the stateside coaching card revoked, no questions asked, and on the spot. There would be no living that down ever. It goes in the obit. So that's how he begins the column. And then he proceeds for the next, oh, 500 or so words to, in great detail, outline just how bad Auburn's offense has been. He writes, at one point, over the last two seasons, Auburn has lost all but two of its games against SEC opponents. Honestly, what difference is a few more going to make? As victories go, there was the win against Missouri to begin the 22 conference schedule, which, by the way, they shouldn't have won. Uh, and then there was Cadillac's great triumph against Texas A&M. People said Cadillac wasn't ready to be the permanent coach, and so Auburn hired Freeze. And, and then he really dives into a specific statistic. But I guess he decided to the story more than anything else. Yards per pass attempt. Auburn is averaging 4.3 yards per pass attempt, which is fewer than the average number of yards per attempt rushing. (laughs) 4.73 yards per rush, 4.3 yards per pass attempt. He says, do you know how hard it is to average more yards rushing than yards per passing? My brain might bleed if I think about it too long. And then he says, I know everyone likes lists. We have the data. So here are the statistically worst teams in passing yards per attempt in every conference. There is only one team in the entire country with a worse passing yards per attempt average than Auburn this season. Mind you, there are 133 college football playing teams. It is Bowling Green. Bowling Green in the Mid-American Conference is averaging 3.6 yards per pass attempt. That's and, then he, and then he wraps it up by saying, in the name of being reasonable and because I still love Auburn, even if the offense is bad enough to get Kiffin fired if Ole Miss loses, 
Here are 10 things that are still worse than Auburn's offense. Food poisoning, Brian Harson press conferences, when my dog rolls around me. in dead things, all those stickers on the cars, Brian Harson at your dinner party, when people talk to me about Twitter, Bowling Green, apparently, the cuisine in Sweden, including the meatballs, Brian Harson at an Imagine Dragons concert with Bryce Harper, <laughs> and number one on his list is Brian Harson coaching Auburn. That was pretty good. <laughs> and, 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 what's going on there? And, and then his final, <laughs> his final parting shot. Oh, that reminds me. Did I mention that Brian Harson beat Lane Kiffin and then Auburn wanted to hire Kiffin? <laughs> a lot going on in that article. There's a lot there. Um, and then Kiffin retweets it. Which I looked, I, I don't think Kiffin was tagged, so Kiffin's pulling the freeze there. He's searching his name. Or somebody sent it somebody to him. Somebody sent it to him. Probably. I, I'm going to guess that somebody sent that to him. Yes, this uh, guy. It, it would be a bad loss. I don't think it cost Lane Kiffin his job on the spot. But when you probably look not. at some of the nah. numbers offensively for Auburn. <laughs> Keith Carter just walks in the locker room. Well, no, he walks on the tarmac. Out. He walks on the tarmac when they get back. That's yeah. what happens. <laughs> Hey, hey, does this look familiar? And just walks away. You uh, you want to read the story, you can do so at AL.com. Four o'clock hour coming up next. Sports Talk Mississippi, now. now. It's the 4 o'clock hour of Sports Talk Mississippi, streaming supertalk.fm and Supertalk TV. And, of course, right here on your Supertalk Mississippi radio stations. You know what else is on your Supertalk Mississippi radio stations? The news. Supertalk yeah. news, Fox News, you get at the top of every single hour. Great to be with you. If you want to be a part of the conversation, you can join and Wednesdays at 6 p.m. it comes on at the That's top right. of the hour. As right soon at as six. we get right finished, as soon as we, we get, get finished at the top of the 6 o'clock hour, you will get the news. Um, yeah. I don't know what's on after that. Was it Lars Larson? Is that right? Say Lars. <clears throat> oh, I, I don't know. Oh, yeah. Thunder and Lightning on the radio. Hosted by uh, uh, Brian Haddad. <laughs> He will. Uh, he will take you through. Don't say that's all, my name. All that is, uh, that, that is saying happening. my name like that. I mean, that, that, that Breon Haddad is probably at the Capitol right now. So let's not don't don't involve me in that. Mm, yeah. 
Yeah. Thunder and lightning on the radio coming your way this evening. Uh, at some point this afternoon, we will uh, allow Haydad to change into his uh, wrestling clothes and uh, give you a bit of a preview of uh, what is coming up. Wouldn't wrestling clothes tonight. be like a Speedo? Are you sure you want that to happen? Not really. You want me in uh, trunks? Not really. So, um... <laughs> You Neither can, do I. <laughs> uh, you, you can be a part of the conversation on the ceasefire text line at 601-879-4395. Ceasefire has introduced a new plan called Connect and Protect. It's the phone that your kids want with easy-to-use parental controls for you. It's just $30 a month with auto pay. You can learn more about it at ceasefire.com. Ceasefire customer inspired. All right, I told you last week that we were going to have to put off announcing the winner of the Polk's Pick 6. And the reason is because we had last night's Southern Miss game as part of the six games that you were choosing. The games last week were Miami at North Carolina, Oregon at Washington, Texas A&M at Tennessee, Southern Cal at Notre Dame, Southern Miss at South Alabama and Missouri at Kentucky. The tiebreaker was the total number of points in the Oregon-Washington game. North Carolina beat Miami. Washington beat Oregon. Tennessee beat Texas A&M. Southern Cal beat, uh, sorry, Notre Dame beat Southern Cal. South Alabama won last night against Southern Miss. And Missouri won over Kentucky. We had, hey, Dad, 14 people. Count them. 14. Fourteen people this week that went six and zero, oh. and so once again, very good. This week, we must go to the tiebreaker. It was the total number of points scored in the Oregon Washington game. It was nice. <laughs> total number of points scored in uh, Oregon Washington sixty nine points. We had not one but two people, not one but two, who chose. 69 as their tie-breaking score, and so we now must go to a live-on-the-air tiebreaker. Okay? A coin? I do not have a coin, and so what I'm going to do is bring William East, who is always honest. Mm. Square or, dealing. Or at least in this scenario, Will East, we know will be honest, because he understands the gravity of the situation if you cheat as it relates to a contest on the radio. You get in big trouble for that, right, Will? Yeah, big fine. Yeah, okay, so we're not going to do that. So, Will, we have two people who have given us the exact tiebreaker after going 6-0. I the, have written both of their names down on a piece Attention of paper. Attention palpable. One of them has the number one associated with their name. The other one has the number two associated with their name. I need you to give me either number one or number two, and I will then raise that sheet of paper to the camera and will reveal mm. the winner. Based on you mm. telling me number one or number two. I'm gonna go I'm gonna go number two. That's a fifty fifty choice. There we go. <laughs> you are such a Fifth grader. <laughs> hey, Dad didn't even get it. Look at that. Number two says what? Mike. Mike, Mike is our winner. Mike. I was, think that's Mike uh, in Oxford. Number two. Is that why he's been texting us about 
Yeah, he, he felt pretty calm. He must have nailed the tiebreaker, so he was just waiting on Southern to lose. There you go. Uh, Mike and Lucas both went 6-0 and and both hit the tiebreaker on the money. So uh, congratulations to both of you, Mike. Congratulations on winning the prize package. Send, send me both their names, though. I'll, I'll send – I can't let Lucas just, you know. Okay. i got to get him something. All right. We'll get I'll, I'll hook him up. Very good. I mean, Lucas, you just picked the right day to have Will Double the, the meat. studio. Yeah. Normally I'm asleep at this time, so yeah. All right. You're welcome. And usually welcome. never generous. <laughs> All right, Mike, I see that you have already responded on the uh, C Spire text line. Uh, please send me your mailing address. Somebody just said, We need to keep a coin would... nearby for all times for this. Why wouldn't you just draw a number instead of simply picking a number? I don't know. It felt like no. radio drama. Maybe my. What is, what is I got to make a childish joke. I mean, what's not to love? I mean, what's the difference in saying heads or tails versus one or two? I mean, I could have gone to like some random number generator on the Google machine, but <laughs> thought I would build it up a bit and see how it goes. I, I don't know. All right. Uh, so one thing I've I, learned through the years is that people love to comment and criticize on anything and it doesn't matter how inane or trivial it is there was always a better way to do it and you should have done it that way i mean on the ceasefire text line right now give them both a prize package i'm pretty sure that will east just quite literally said let's give them both a prize package they're on a five minute delay they're like taco from the league (laughs) Relieves even more suspicion of wrongdoing. I mean, wrongdoing. <laughs> we're giving away sausage here. We're not. We're not. We're not. This isn't national security. This isn't the publisher's clearinghouse. We're giving the guy some sausage. <laughs> what? What is the wrongdoing? Oh, lame. hey, Mike, you grease the skids here, conspiracy. so you get the sausage, buddy. <laughs> It's us and Polks trying to keep Lucas down. No <laughs> sausage. We're we're mailing all this sausage to Hey Dad. He's getting all of it. Okay, it's a big conspiracy. I get all the sausage. <laughs> sausage. I'm, I'm walking. I'm running eight miles a day because I'm eating sausage every day. <laughs> I've won every prize pack. These are all my burners. <laughs> Wrongdoing. You, you haven't gone six and zero oh since Moby Dick was a minnow picking games of any kind at any level. I don't. I haven't. Yeah. Uh, I don't. Uh, I don't participate in the the Polk's pick six because I'm not eligible to win. That that, that alleviates any suspicion of wrongdoing. You know, if Hiron Baydad wins, nobody wants to see that. <laughs> you know. What about Brian Hadid? That that guy, keep an eye out for him. Troublemaker. Mm. Somebody said you're the one who mentioned the trouble of doing anything wrong. I just made a suggestion to support it's your the federal government. You, That's the federal you government. You said it. Not it us. says it right here it's on the, the text line. Relieves okay. even more suspicion of wrongdoing. The federal government. It's government overreach. Now. That's what it is. But that's the, just, F- that's the FDA. The FDA is involved because it's you know sausage. Federal Communications Commission. Kelso oh, FCC, says, FDA. 
Kelso, our friend in Ocean Springs, says, Sausage for everyone. It's just a big old sausage party. There you go. <laughs> Derek in Greenwood reminds us that Breon Hadid can't eat pork anyway. <laughs> um, Is that how they say your name in the, in your your home country? I don't know how they would say uh, Brian over there. Not a, not a tip, That's not a very traditional Arab name. Steve Azar tells a story. He, he was uh, doing the around. national anthem at, I believe, uh, Lambeau Field. And the guy introduces okay. him, and I guess he thought that he was from another country, and he pronounced his name <laughs> Stevan Azar. I kid you not, in front of Lambeau Field. <laughs> yeah. So every time Steve calls me, I go, Stefan Azar, what's up? <laughs> Uh, we got to get footage of that. There's got to be out there somewhere. That is that is outstanding. Uh, Ty Richardson will join us next. Covers the Arkansas Razorbacks on the radio at uh, ESPN Radio Northwest Arkansas. We'll talk with him about uh, Mississippi State's opponent this weekend, the Hogs. 11 a.m. kickoff on Saturday morning. Sports Talk Mississippi. We're back with you after this in the Pearl River Resort Studio. Here comes more Sports Talk Mississippi. You ready, guys? On Super Talk Mississippi. Welcome back. Sports Talk Mississippi with you. Streaming at supertalk.fm and supertalk TV. We are going to the Farm Bureau guest line. Check out favorites.com and go with the home team. Mississippi Farm Bureau. But before we start our chat with Ty Richardson, I must read you one last text message, hey, Dad, uh, from our last uh, conversation. And it was, oh, I lost it. I lost it. If you have facts about sausage wrongdoings, send it to compliance at oldmiss.edu. If not, please do not slander these young men or insult their families. <laughs> I thought well, you'd get a you kick know, out of that, hey, was, Dad. There was sausage wrongdoing in that uh, in that whole instance. But go ahead. Oh, my goodness. Ty Richardson joins us right now. He's host of the Morning Rush. <laughs> Don't put her on the tee, Richard. In northwest Arkansas. Ty, always uh, good to catch up. How are you, my friend? Richard, I'm good, man. Uh, yeah, I was told during the break about that sausage conspiracy. It's uh, apparently uh, dark times in, across Mississippi right now. Yeah, I, uh, I suppose so. We're gonna we're gonna make it though. It's all gonna be okay. Um, I feel like the loser of Saturday's game between the Razorbacks and the Bulldogs is kind of in for some dark times as uh, as well. What a what a weird year for this Arkansas team. I thought they were going to be better than they've been. When you look at the scores, you know, close losses, but losses nonetheless. How, how how much unrest is there right now in and around this program and among Arkansas fans? Richard, there's a lot of angry fans. And when you saw that four-game stretch that was Baton Rouge, Dallas against A&M, going to Oxford against Ole Miss and Alabama, you were hoping for 2-2, two and two, okay with 1-3, and three, but you didn't want 0-4. Oh but you got 0-4. Oh you combined that with the loss to BYU the week before, 
And it's just, I mean, anytime you lose five straight games, it's tough on a, a team and, and it's tough on a fan base. And like in Mississippi, there are definitely some agitated Arkansas fans with their football program right now, not so much the ones that Ole Miss, but the ones in Starkville. And they have quarterback injury issues. Don't know if Rogers going to play on Saturday. So at least as Arkansas is a healthy quarterback, but they're banged up in a few other areas. Yeah, so so what do you make of the, the close losses, right? I mean, you, you can say, well, you know, good teams figure out a way to win close games and bad teams lose close games. But the other part of that to me is Sam Pittman, is, he's kept his guys engaged and they've, you know, certainly have not laid down in this stretch. Are they looking at this as an opportunity to kind of flip the script on the season or at least start to do so? Yeah, Richard, it's a great question, and he's been stressing along with the players all week. We got to win this game, and rarely do you hear players and coaches as open as they are about that. But they know this is the entirety of their season. If they lose this game, the fan base is done with the season. They're going to move on to a what's going to be a pretty potent basketball team, and that that's that's just where they're at right now. You're back at home. It's homecoming. You're favored by a touchdown. Go out and win the game. Go out and execute. And if you don't. You're going to lose the fan base for the rest of the year. It's it's really black and white, to be honest, guys. Ty, when you look at this Arkansas team, you know there's been so much focus on their offensive struggles and the, the loss of, of Rocket Sanders thus far to, to, in the season, and and you, you don't notice how much improved the defense has been from a season ago. That was not a good defense last year. They're much better this year. What's been the biggest factors for them to be better on that side of the ball? I'd say it's Travis Williams. I mean, he's come in here. He pulled some players out of the portal. He had Marcus Woods in that mix, who's the passing game coordinator for this team now. Got him from Florida State. And, I mean, they've been nine day better. Are they in the same category as, say, Bama, Texas A&M, Georgia? No. But there's still a stingy defense that limited Jalen Milrow last week. Jackson Dart didn't have a good game two weeks ago. You look at LSU, they contained Jane Daniels for almost a half, and then he got going a little bit. So they've had some, again, positive reinforcement. Guys have been unhealthy at times, and they've had some backups that have came in and played well. It has been, if the defense had wilted or fallen apart, these, these score differentials would be a whole lot different. Luckily, again, they've really kind of installed a, a defense that's, that's fine back through seven games of the season. Ty Richardson visiting with us on the uh, Farm Bureau guest line. Check out favorites.com and go with the home team at Mississippi Farm Bureau. You can follow Ty on Twitter if you would uh, like to do that as well. He's at Ty Sports Radio, and that is Ty with an E, T-Y-E Sports Radio, uh, co-host of the Morning Rush in uh, northwest Arkansas on ESPN Radio. Uh, Ty, the, the Dan Enos thing didn't really make sense to me when the hire was made, and as we get deeper into the year, I feel like it makes less and less sense. Is he a scapegoat? Has he done a better job than I'm giving credit for, or is this offense a disaster right now? It's pretty bad, and him and K.J. Jefferson haven't meshed like Brandon Allen and him did back in 2015. We still have five games left, so maybe they figure it out, but I think a lot of people are under the impression that it's not going to happen. And you combine that with legitimately the worst offensive line in the SEC, and which you never, I never thought I'd utter those words with Sam Pittman as the head coach, just has been a, a disaster for this offense this year. So 
Enos has gotten a lot of flack and service of and also KJ Jefferson I, I think is has held the ball too long at times, has missed throws. He's been under duress so much, you can tell he's not comfortable in the pocket. Uh, I watched it live in Oxford, Mississippi, and Tuscaloosa this past week. He just he looks shaky at times, and I mean, when you get hit enough like he has, it's really hard to trust your offensive line to to be in those situations where you have to make a a throw when you're getting hit. So, just uh, yeah, to to your point, the Enos hire from the from the jump wasn't necessarily one that a lot of people were like pumped about, and now we're seeing the the quote unquote repercussions of that. At, the, at this point in the season. K.J. Jefferson, a veteran, and, and even if he hasn't looked great in the pocket or maybe he's held on to it uh, too long, you still get those flashes in, in every single game where you're reminded, like, hopefully the, the, the skill set here is really, really good. If Arkansas turns the corner, does that fall squarely on the shoulders of number one? I think so, because he's being asked to be Superman right now. Rocket Sanders is not available for Saturday. It's been odd, hasn't it, that Quinshawn Judkins and him were supposed to be the best yeah. running backs in the SEC, and both have been injured and maybe not lived up to the preseason hype that we thought they would. Um, I don't know what the status is for the rest of his season. So you lose your preseason All-SEC potential All-American running back. You don't have a Malik Neighbors or an Evan Stewart or a Nia Smith to throw the ball to on the outside. you got okay guys, but no one that anyone's scared of on the defensive side. So he's being asked to make plays with his legs, make incredible throws and pinpoint accuracy because no one's really getting open. It's been difficult. So if Arkansas is going to take a jump, not only does his schedule line up comparatively down the stretch compared to what it was, but yeah, he's going to have to be Superman, Richard. So, so you talked about the offensive line issues a second ago. So, I was kind of thinking about this Mississippi State defense that has just really, really struggled to stop the passing game. They, they've allowed opposing quarterbacks to complete passes at a really high percentage and to throw for a bunch of yards. You need to run the football, obviously, but you need to protect the quarterback if you're going to do those things in the passing game. What do you think the game plan looks like Saturday for the Razorbacks? I think it's going to be up-tempo. There was glimpses of it in the Ole Miss and Alabama game when they started clicking offensively. And now that they don't have to worry about 60, 70, 100,000 in the case of Tuscaloosa fans screaming at them, they're going to have some, again, more communication uh, to be able to do. And I think that's going to help a young offensive line on the tackle position to, to kind of know where they're going, know who they're blocking, their reads and everything. So that's what I'm expecting, Richard, is a lot more of – that to this uh, to this yeah. point on Saturday. So, Ty, you said earlier that if Arkansas does not win this game, you think the fans will hang it up. What about this game? I mean, it's been five weeks since there's been a home game. Does Razorback Stadium look pretty good and sound pretty good this Saturday? So, the tickets-wise, they've sold a good chunk of them. There's 76,000 seats, and Donald W. You can get up to 80,000 with standing room. There's not going to be 70,000 people there. I'm going to guess somewhere between, I don't know, 55 to 65. Maybe I'm maybe I'm underestimating that with it just being homecoming and a nice weather day and kind of everything else involved. But, I, I mean, I, I don't anticipate them just having a, a, a near sellout, even though a lot of the tickets, because from the, from the people I've talked to, Richard, a lot of people that were planning on going to a road trip to Gainesville or that were planning on going to this game have, have either tried to sell their tickets or just not going to go based on the current 
state of this team, which I don't know if that's the right move or not because they could get on win on Saturday. They could be back on board. But, I mean, it's really tough to convince a fan base to hang on board when you've lost five straight games, albeit to some pretty solid opponents sprinkled in, especially on the road. No doubt. Arkansas off to an 0-4 start in the SEC. Mississippi State 0-3 in the SEC. Somebody's going to get their first league win on Saturday morning in Fayetteville. Ty, great catching up. Thanks, as always, for your time, and I look forward to talking to you soon. Yeah, real quick. Hey, Richard, real quick before I went to let you go, or before I go, I went to Starfield for the first time last year. I loved it. It gets a bad rap. I know at Mississippi State there'll be some fans that come to Fayetteville this weekend. Hopefully they'll get treated the same way I was. I, I really did enjoy that last year, and Oxford was great as always two weeks ago. Appreciate you throwing that in, Ty. Great to uh, hear, and it's always a fun trip to Fayetteville. Thanks, my man. Thank you. Ty Richardson joining us on the Farm Bureau guest line. Check out favorites.com and go with the home team, Mississippi Farm Bureau. Come on, Super Talk Mississippi. Check this out. Are you ready? Sports Talk Mississippi. Back at it on this Wednesday afternoon, about halfway home. Onside, Brian Haydad, I'm Richard Cross, Michael Borky's got the day off. The incomparable one and only Will East sitting in the big chair, spinning records and making it happen. Good to be with you. you sorry, you just looked like you had something you wanted to say, like you were ready to jump I, right I was in. just going to say that I, I just wanted to say that I, I always liked Ty Richardson. Great guy. Fantastic person. You want me to introduce you to him at Media Days next year? Yes, please. I want to shake his hand. I'll bring him a Starkville care package. Yeah, nice little parting shot there at the end. How much fun he had in Starkville, and uh, hope that that state fans that were making the trip would would feel uh, reciprocation this weekend. I would definitely suggest making the trip. Fayetteville is is a really fun town. It is. It, it, it it's it's not a super easy trip. It's not nearly as difficult as it used to be. I mean, like like people that in nah, the nah. mid nineties, early nineties would make the trip to Kai eighty two all the way out there, where, yeah. where you had to you had to. It, this is not a shot. It's what they called it, where you had to take the pig trail in. Yeah, before the interstate was done. Um, yeah, it was. It the was, only thing it was that's a trip. The only thing that's not going to be. I mean, it'll be great, but. You know, the last time I went there was 2019, and it's late. It was late enough in the season; the leaves were turning. So when you take that drive into the mountains, and all the, the trees are turning colors, is unbelievable. So it's a little early for that, but you think still very picturesque. Yeah, I think. So. I mean, it's October 18th. Yeah, yeah, but they're they're a little north of us, yes. a little west of us. Yeah, I guess they're, 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 the trees are still green in my my neighborhood. So yeah, but. You don't live in Fayetteville, Arkansas, either. Oh, I'm just saying. You know, the South is the South. I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure the leaves aren't, you know, orange and yellow there yet. Will, what do you think? Anybody goes to Fayetteville and get some some photographic evidence? Prove me wrong. Feel free. Uh, all the leaves in my neighborhood are dead because of the lack of water. So, mm. no. it's going to make. Uh, you know, tough. you know what hides in dead leaves? Snakes. And be careful. It's not true. 
It's very true. I had two incidents this year. Two snake-related incidents? Yeah, I had the one you saw video where I ran bravely away, so I wasn't attacked. Bravely ran away, And then, like, a couple weeks later, I was walking into the garage, and I had sunglasses on, and it was dark in the garage. And I saw something. I looked down, and I I pulled my sunglasses down, and there was one staring at me. I ran to my neighbor's house. Did you introduce yourself? (laughs) I literally dropped everything and ran to my neighbor's house. What, one of my, my cats could, got one on the porch a few months ago. Uh, she, I, 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 one of my kids was like, Dad, there's a snake on the porch. I was like, there is. And I walked out there and I was like, looked at it. It wasn't really moving. And the cat was just staring at it. Yeah. And I gave it a little kick and it, it didn't move at all. I was like, good job, Peppermint. <laughs> get you, let me get this guy out of here. Okay. <laughs> Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Will, was your first so. one? Am I making this up? Was it a pool skimmer basket incident? Uh, no, I was taking out the trash, no. the first one. I was taking out the trash, <laughs> and I was walking, and I had a drink in my hand, and <laughs> there he was by the driveway where I was throwing the trash bag. And I, I may had, have watched the video of that about 500 times. I had to run bravely away. Um and let my wife handle it. So. Did you squeal? Brave Will ran away. I'm, there may have been a couple expletives uh, dropped. I apologize to the neighborhood kids who probably heard me because it was fairly loud from what I remember. Fayetteville on Saturday, <laughs> high of 77, low of 48. So what are we going to say, like uh, low to mid-60s Let's, at kickoff? Kickoff, yeah. Yeah, that sounds about right. That's pretty Lovely. spectacular. Uh, yeah. I have been I have been to Fayetteville when that was not the forecast. <laughs> I have as well. Yes. <sighs> Are you talking about what was it? Two, three years ago? It was the, it was the year before. It was freezes last Rock. year. Remember that, uh, Richard? When the Ole Miss players got off the bus and you knew immediately that they were going to get stalled. <laughs> so, so there was one year. I mean, it was really, really cold. And it was it was an early kickoff. It was eleven a.m. kickoff, and it was in the it was in the thirties. I mean, I was bundled up, and and we were doing the pregame show from the press box. And here comes Brett Bielema, kind of waddling out onto the field. He's got on flip flops, and he's he's <laughs> sipping a cup of coffee. That's the one. That's the one. And hey, Dad, what was the what was the big Samoan offensive lineman, the center for Arkansas? Is I know you're talking about. I don't remember his name. All? Man, I remember he caught a touchdown pass, didn't he? Well, I don't know if he did in that game or not, but sure. Yeah, but he did in, in his life, yeah. He comes kind of waddling, strutting out onto the field. He's got on shorts and a cut-off shirt, <laughs> and he goes to the Hog logo on the 50-yard line and does like a native Samoan dance. <laughs> I mean, it's like he could not be any happier. That it's yeah. cold and gray, and I looked at, at which that is point. weird. Samoa yeah, is a tropical. Yeah, I understand. I, understand. I don't know. I, 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 get I don't it. know what's going on there. I, I understand the strangeness of it, but I just looked at it. I was like, "This might not be good." <laughs> mm. <laughs> you, you got Bert walking around in flip flops when it's twenty eight outside, and you got the big Samoan offensive lineman who's doing a, you know, a, a happy dance on the hog head. I mean, this is. 
this is not perhaps going to be the best day for the Rebels. And uh, when the results uh, were returned, it, it, it was not. I think it was 2014. The, I think it was 2014. I believe. Yeah. That Bo Wallace. 30 to a nothing. Was it 30 to nothing? Yeah. Arkansas? Sounds right. It was It was a late. Did it Ryan was, Buchanan get extended action in this game? November 22nd. Did, so it would have been late in the year. That yeah, we for the egg right. No, Ryan yeah. Buchanan would have been 12. No, it was 14. Oh, that's right. Brandon that's Allen. Right. It was Brandon Bo, Allen. Bo, Bo Wallace was hurt. Yeah, he got hurt. Or, or got hurt early, and Ole Miss, right. they, they ran a couple of, it was, it was Ryan Buchanan, and who was the other? Devontae Kincaid. Devontae Kincaid. And that was the, the day. They about Hugh five Freeze, plays, and they were just like, 60% Bo Wallace is better than these two guys. Get him back in there. Well, it was abundantly clear then to Hugh Freeze that Chad Kelly was the, yeah, the next phone call. Yeah, happen. Yeah, here's an offer. Yeah. We'll see you soon. Um, yeah. the, the single coldest game I've ever attended in my life was uh, against Arkansas. It was in Starkville, though. It was in the 2000 season. That game, it started out, it was like 60 degrees. I was wearing just like a flannel shirt. And by the second quarter, it was sleeting. Hey, you were wearing the state colors of Arkansas. Good for you. <laughs> yeah. Cheering on my hogs. And, uh Yeah. Freezing, sleeting rain, awful day all around. Heather Denich is a uh, college football writer and reporter at ESPN. She was on Get Up this morning and uh, gave her predictions for the college football playoff. Not a single SEC team included. Washington, Florida State, Oklahoma, and Michigan – notably omitting the number one team in the country, the Georgia Bulldogs. She said, I hope everyone is sitting down because Georgia is not in my top four right now. I changed it after the Brock Bowers injury. Okay, there's the rationale for it. Should Georgia be projected to be in the playoff right now? I mean, if you're if you're making a prediction for who the four and and obviously she's she is looking ahead and saying these are the four that I think ultimately are going to be in there, not who would be in there if we picked the teams today. It's not like Georgia lost the starting quarterback, lost the tight end, but huge difference maker. Are you doing it wrong if you don't have Georgia in the playoff? Yes. Yes. Georgia is the two-time defending national champion, two-time reigning national champion. Thank you. They are undefeated on the season. They haven't. I mean, yeah, the game at Auburn was 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 close, but even then, I don't think anybody was ever thinking they were going to lose. They're likely to go undefeated all the way to the SEC championship game simply because they don't really have anybody on the schedule that can, <clears throat> can match them right now. I don't. I, <clears throat> I don't think anybody on their schedule can match them. I don't think. Sorry, and I had something in my throat. <laughs> I wonder what it was. I so, don't know. Yeah, I don't either. She defended her take on Twitter also. Oh, my God, up. there's Will East music. She says Georgia yes. has no top 25 wins. Kentucky is the only FBS opponent they've played. With a record over 500, the other FBS teams that they have faced this year have a combined record of 10 
and 24. And yet you still think they're a playoff team? Yes. I raised my hand. Undefeated SEC champion. And it's getting in. Hand raise? Yeah. I I think they should be in, too. Yeah. We are going to play a political press conference question that Brian Haydad is going to love. And then I'll play you his reaction when we come back. Sports Talk Mississippi in the Pearl River Resort Studio. Check this out. Sports Talk Mississippi. Super Talk Mississippi. Talk Mississippi, streaming at supertalk.fm and supertalk TV. Hey, Dad, how do you feel about the uh, candidates for prime minister in Canada? Um, are you feeling good about the incumbent about... Justin Trudeau, or you think the uh, Conservative Party leader Pierre Polevois is uh, <laughs> is in better shape? Uh, well, you know, it's a boot time. They had some change up there in Canada, in my opinion, you know. Here, here's what you need to know, hey, Dad. Pierre. Buddy. Pierre was um, he was being asked a question. It was not a press conference setting. This was more of a, a one-on-one Q&A. And uh, I think you can hear in the background, while the, the, you got to see the video of this, he is, he is eating an apple. But he's eating an apple in the most casual way possible. Like, guy starts his question and just takes a big old bite, just chomping on it. And continue. It, it, it was um, it was interesting. This is how the interview went. Um, on the on the topic, I mean, in terms of your sort of strategy currently, you're obviously taking the populist uh, pathway. Um, what does that mean? <laughs> well, ap- appealing appealing to people's uh, more emotional levels, I would guess. Um, I mean, what certainly, you mean certainly, you, certainly you tap certainly you tap uh, very strong ideological language quite frequently. Like what? Uh, left wing, you know this and that. Right wing, you know. I mean, it's that that type I of ideological thing. About, I never really talk about left but or right. Anyways, a lot I of don't pe- really believe in that. Okay, a lot of people would would say that you're simply taking a page out of the Donald Trump. Uh, well, book. Like which people would say that? Well, I'm sure a great many Canadians, but <laughs> like who? <laughs> I don't know who, but well, you're um, the one who asked the question, so yeah. I, you must know somebody. <laughs> okay, I'm, I'm sure there's some out there, but anyways, the, the point say. of this the point of this question is, I mean, why should why should Canadians trust you with their vote, given you know? Not not just the sort of ideological inclination in terms of taking the page of Donald Trump's book, but also... What are you also, talking about? What page? What page? Can you give okay. me a page? Give me the page. You keep <laughs> in, saying in terms, that. in terms of ter- turning things quite dramatically in terms of, of Trudeau and, and the left wing and all of this, I mean, you, you you make quite a, you know, it's it's quite a play that you make on it. So I'm, I'm not sure. I don't, under, I don't know what your question okay. is. Okay, then forget that. Why should Canadians trust you with their vote? Common sense. I mean, his answer is really not important. It was like the most rambling question. And he goes, I don't understand your question. And the reporter goes, 
We'll forget that. Why should Canadians trust you? It's like the guy at Penn State last week trying to ask about throwing deep. Like, just ask the question. Uh, what Brian is the question? Haydad, actually, Brian Haydad had a different reaction to the interview. We must stop dirty language from getting to our children's ears. We must go fight the source of it. But what is the source? Oh, that's easy. Times have changed. Our kids are getting worse. They won't obey their parents. They just want to fight and curse. Should we blame the government or blame society? Or should we blame the images on TV? No, blame Canada. Blame Canada. Be careful playing clips from that movie. That might be yeah. the only one we could have got on the show. Yes, I, I was. Uh, I was careful about it. Yeah, cows bumped. Oh me! An Sorry, apple a day keeps I... the commies away, Richard. Mm. Mm. Again, I'd like to point out that I've never eaten an apple, so that's why I'm so left wing. Because I don't eat apples. Uh, CC in Cenotopia says, "Apple Man, best interview ever." That was it was really good. Could, could you hear like halfway in the back, about halfway through? You hear well, the it's like oh. it's a good question though. You know, regardless of your your ideology, sometimes like you know, people say like which people. Give me an example of the people that say. <laughs> What you're saying, I say. Well, I'm one sure person. There are lots of one Canadians. name. Which one? Well, I don't know any, really, but. Um... <laughs> By the way, those both guys sounded like two of the biggest nerds of all time. Just listening to them talk, like, I'm, you know, I'm Canadian, and look at me. I like maple syrup. Uh, Mike in Oxford says that was a political version a of a caribou. Mike Leach press conference. There, there's some, there's some Leachisms in there for sure. And Leach is a conservative guy, so fits right in. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Coldest ever football game, Air Force in the Liberty Bowl. Rebs won. I'm assuming you're talking the next about year. New Year's Eve 1991, right? 91 or 92? 92. 91 92. was state went to the Liberty Bowl. Also cold, but I wasn't at that one. So I've heard... That it was cold. The Liberty Bowl is simultaneously the hottest and coldest yes. stadium in America. Second, I, I said that to somebody earlier this week. You go in August, you will die of heat stroke. If you go in December, you will die of frostbite. Yeah, no it's doubt. the truth. That day in '92, uh, family went to the game. I was at my grandmother's house in Coffeeville. We were playing football in the front yard. I was wearing a t-shirt and shorts. That night at the Liberty Bowl. Like, there weren't enough clothes to be had. <laughs> really, people, like, just hanging. There was a guy that was, like, playing a guitar or a trumpet or something in the bathroom for tips. It was too cold <laughs> to be outside the bathroom. <sighs> yeah. Five o'clock hour. College football fix coming up next. Sports Talk Mississippi continues. Welcome back, 
Sports Talk Mississippi with you on a Wednesday. Thanks for being with us in the Pearl River Resort studio. Pearl River Resort, home of the Dancing Rabbit Golf Club. Hey, Dad, what do I like to say about golf this time of the year? It's great. Yes. yes it's fantastic. It is. Fall It's the best golf it can possibly be. Is the best golf. And uh, you can you can participate. Just go to DancingRabbitGolf.com, book your tee time, plan your trip today. If you got questions, call the friendly staff. They will take care of you. Uh, really cool options for a golf trip as well. The, um, the the rooms that they have finished out above the clubhouse, got a big common area. And if I remember correctly, there are eight completely remodeled rooms um, in the main uh, the main house, the main clubhouse there uh, above the the dining room and the pro shop and all locker rooms and all that. And there's a big wraparound veranda all the way around. Uh, you're looking out uh, on one end, out over the driving range, on the other end, back out over the golf course, uh, number nine coming in uh, and number 18 coming in as well. Just a really great setting and a fun way to uh, get away and enjoy some time at Pearl River Resort Dancing Rabbit Golf. Uh, Sports Talk Mississippi is brought to you in part by Genteel. Genteel is the official apparel provider of Sports Talk Mississippi. Visit them online at genteelapparel.com or one of the men's clothing stores across the state of Mississippi that sells Genteel, including um, Harry Meyer Clothing in Viridian, Landry's on the Square in Oxford, SF Aldman in Gulfport, Smith & Company in Greenwood, and Steve's on the Square in Philadelphia. Just a few of the many, many places that you can find Genteel, the official apparel provider of Sports Talk Mississippi. So coming up about 10 minutes from right now, Brian Haydad and I will do our weekly SEC power ranking. Got some changes this week. Yeah, little, little little shuffling in the, uh, the middle of the conference. We'll get to that coming up in just a bit, but... It's time right now for the College Football Fix. College Football Fix is driven by Ford and your local Mississippi Ford dealers. Log on to buyfordnow.com. Find out why the best-selling trucks are built Ford Tough. You can test drive one at your local Mississippi Ford dealer today. Bill Connolly, not of the the S&P 500, but of uh, S&P Plus. You know his his ranking system. Not the, also not, not the quite, comedian. Not quite the same thing. Um, he has ranked the eleven remaining unbeaten teams, and I don't know if that's a lot or a little at this point of the season. All right, so we're basically at the halfway point. Some teams have already played seven games. I think everybody has played six games at this point. Maybe there's one outlier. Does 11 teams still being undefeated feel like a lot to you at this point? And just on the surface, it does. But, I mean, without knowing, like last year, how many undefeated teams we had at this time, which I guess I could look up, I I don't know. But just like if you just said... If you just said, hey, does that seem like a lot? Yeah, just just at, at first glance... So what week is this? This is week what? Nine? Week uh, eight? This is week eight. So last year at this time, Georgia, Ohio State, Tennessee, Michigan, Clemson, TCU were all undefeated. And if there was anybody else undefeated, they were not ranked. Okay. 
So that's that's what five. So I I, yeah. I would find it hard to believe. There, right, were, six. there were six unranked. I, I I would find it hard to believe there were yeah five or six unranked undefeated teams at that point in the season. So well, wait, wait, wait so then yeah I'm going to answer the question now. Okay. Yes, a L- yes. little surprising. All right. So this is the order that he ranks the remaining eleven unbeaten's. And by the way, after this week, there will be at most. Ten unbeatens, because you've got uh, Penn State and Ohio State playing each other. Number 11, Liberty. They are 6-0 and to uh, start the season, coming off a win against Jacksonville State, 31-13 to last week. Number 10, James Madison. James Madison defeated Georgia Southern this past week, 41-13. By the way, you could have gotten... James Madison for minus six, I think it was six. They were only like a six or six and a half point favorite in that game against uh, Georgia Southern. They head to Marshall this week. And am I crazy or is that is that one of our midweek games? Double checking real quick. Um, yes, that's a Thursday night game. That could yep. be a good one. Tomorrow's 6 o'clock on Thursday night, James Madison at Marshall. JMU 6-0 and on the year, atop the Sun Belt standings at 3-0. and Marshall is 4-2. and They're 1-1 and in league play. And James Madison on the road is a three-and-a-half-point favorite. Yeah. So if, if you believe in James Madison, there's some value there at, at only yeah. laying three-and-a-half. Um, so he's got James Madison, number nine, the Air Force Academy. Air Force last week beat Wyoming 34-27. They had Did you mention two... number 11? Did I skip? I think you I skipped Liberty there, yeah. yeah. No, I started with Liberty. Did you? Okay. Yeah, because I pointed out they beat Jacksonville State. All right. And James and somebody said it 10. Like, somebody has it on the text line like you didn't say it, and I was just like, he, I thought he said it, but maybe I'm wrong. Yeah. Um, Air Force... Headed to Navy this week. The biggest remaining test on the schedule for Air Force, probably Boise State. But their quarterback, Zach Laurier, is uh, not great right now. Yeah, He's been great. He's not healthy right now. Yeah, that's what you mean. Yes. Um, number eight. This one's interesting. North Carolina coming off a 41-31 win over Miami. Bill Connolly says the next big test for North Carolina comes in week 11 when they take on their rival, the Duke Blue Devils. North uh, Carolina first, is really good, in my opinion. And they have running the best quarterback the in college football. football. Yes, because everybody's respecting Drake May as the best, maybe the best quarterback in college football. Yeah. Uh, I think North Carolina, they host Virginia this weekend. So it's Virginia yes. and then Georgia Tech on the road, and then they get Campbell mm-hmm. before finishing the season with Duke, Clemson, and NC State. Yeah. Are they about to run the table? Maybe. Had a great game with well, Duke they w- last year. So they, they would play Florida State possibly in the ACC championship game? Is that correct? If you believe Florida State's going to run the table, they are number seven on this list. They're underrated. Okay. In my opinion. They, they, they are underrated. They won at Clemson. They beat LSU in a neutral site. 
they should be ahead of Penn State and Oklahoma, in my opinion. Remember, these are Bill Connolly's rankings. He, he's got them at 11 right. in the SP Plus, and they're ninth in the football power index from ESPN. And right. they've got Duke this week. He's using numbers. I'm using the eye test. Bill and I are not the same. Uh, Oklahoma, currently number six. Their game, not this week, but next week at Kansas, is the next big test on the schedule for them. Dylan Gabriel has been really, really good. Really good good so far this year. Number five, Penn State. They take on Ohio State, and what a game that could be this weekend. Um, This, This chart he has here for Drew Allar is incredible, though. On the season, Allar has only thrown... One, two, th- one, two, three, four, five, six passes of more than 25 yards. He's two for six with a touchdown over 25 yards. You, you talk, he, everybody likes to talk about Will Rogers last year, dink and dunk. Look at this chart. It is and incredible. he's only thrown eight passes over 20 yards through six games. That's incredible. It really is. Number four on this list. to do that this weekend. Yeah. Yeah. Number four on the list, the Georgia Bulldogs. And by the way, that was the reason for the question that right. made its way all over social media to James Franklin that was such an awkwardly asked question. And then James mm-hmm. Franklin treated the guy like he was speaking a foreign language to him when he knew good and well what he was asking. Yeah. I've thought about that question, like how I would have phrased it. And the, the, all you had to do was say, how do you know if you trust him to to throw the ball deep, basically. Or, if you just want to ask the question as he was asking it, have you reached the point of the season where you feel like you need to force some shots down the field? And if he had said, you know, oh, that's a really stupid... Force the shots! My, my skin is crawling, thinking about forcing it. You know, yeah, like... but the problem was, that was basically the question he was asking, and he used about 200 yeah. words to get to the question. He did. He did. Georgia at number four on the list. It says that Ole Miss is the next big test for them in week 11. And obviously they are now without Brock Bowers. Washington at number three. Their next big test is in week 10 against Southern Cal. Ohio State number two. It's this week against Penn State and Michigan number one. Their next big test does not come until week 11 when they travel to Happy Valley to take on Penn State. Sports Talk Mississippi, that's your college football fix. Super Talk Mississippi. Introducing to you Sports Talk Mississippi. Hey, Will East. Hey. If you or your wife are in the market for a new vehicle, I know you got a lot of options living in the Jackson metro area, but could I encourage you to make the trip north? Come up I-55, make a right-hand turn and head east when you get to Batesville, and come visit Belk Ford and Oxford Toyota on Highway 6 West in Oxford. they got a great selection of Ford F-150s. See, even though you don't like snakes, I think you could be a truck guy. I have a truck. Yeah, I have an F-150. There you go. Well, when it's time for a new F-150, Belk Ford is the place to go. They've also, get, if you decide well, you know, to ever, uh, if you ever transition back to one of those Toyota Sequoias, I have that too. I have two vehicles. Hey, Dad, 
we just had a new thing that launched on the show. East What's money. <laughs> East money. Well, Buddy, I got three vehicles, all right? I got more cars than most of you got friends. My F-150 has 200,000 miles on it. I'll well, see, it might be time for an update. Oh, so if you're looking for an F-150 or My God, or you might, that truck might be dirty. Time to turn it in. <laughs> or uh, perhaps it's one of the used vehicles. Great selection of used vehicles on the lot at Belk Ford and Oxford Toyota. And a great new selection at Oxford Toyota right now. The uh, always reliable uh, Toyota Tacoma. Got several options there. Uh, they got the 4Runner, a bunch of Camrys to choose from, some Corollas on the lot as well, and the new Toyota Crown, which is a really cool vehicle uh, worth checking out. There's one more thing. I don't know if you guys have seen this or not. Have you seen the electric Ford Mustang? Yes. It does not look like a Mustang. They still make the Mustang in the traditional body style, but the electric Ford Mustang has kind of a like a sporty hatchback crossover look. Hatchback's not the right one. Kind of a sporty crossover look to it. I see one almost every day on the Natchez Trace. There you go. Uh, and it looks really, really awesome. They're really cool. If you can get one of those, yeah. if that is your cup of tea at Belk Ford, not only do they sell the vehicles to you, they service after the sale. Great service department. Uh, and the newest thing going there is that they will pick up and return your vehicle for you at no charge if you are in the greater Oxford metropolitan area. Uh, so you need to get your oil changed but don't have time to get away, they'll take care of it for you. Shut up, hey, Dad. Uh, tires rotated, standard service, they got you covered. Metropolitan. Yeah, yeah I thought I could. See, I got you giggling a little bit today. Uh, Belk Ford, Oxford Toyota, Highway 6 West in Oxford, online at belkford.net or oxfordtoyota.com. All right, it is time. <laughs> For the world-famous Sports Talk Mississippi SEC football power rankings right now. No, no, we don't We don't have the SP Plus or the S&P 500 or the NASDAQ 100 or the Forbes 500 or anything else. None of those. Or the Indianapolis 500. Or the Indianapolis. None of those silly formulas. We have, we have the CB... Uh... The CBH-14. We have Hey Dad going, which uniform do I like? Oh, they're wearing blue. I don't we like use, them. We use a formula that is far more accurate, and it's called That's right. the eye test. The eye test. The, we, we watch, watch the games. football games, and we're going to tell right. you who the best is. So, a little bit of a shift this week. Not in the top four. They stay the same. Georgia 1, Alabama 2, Ole Miss 3, LSU 4. Not in the bottom three. Actually, not in the bottom two. Mississippi State and Vanderbilt stay at 13 and 14. That could change this week. We'll see. Mississippi State could certainly move up in the power rankings if they can get a win on the road against Arkansas. So let's go to where we've got the changes. Number five. Last week, it was the Tennessee Volunteers. I know they won. They won at home against Texas A&M. But the more impressive win last week was Eli Drinkwitz Missouri Tigers on the road delivering a beatdown after falling behind 14 to nothing to the Kentucky Wildcats in a hostile environment at uh, yeah. Kroger Field. I agree. I agree. You could almost convince me, you know, to put them fourth, but LSU has the head-to-head. They do have the head-to-head, and LSU has been playing good football as. And that was at Missouri too. Yeah. yeah. If do you get the feeling that LSU's defense is getting 
incrementally better right now. Like each week they get just again, a little better. Again, I, I need to say that against Auburn, I need to see them against an offense with a pulse. All right, they so came me, up with a couple what, what, of big you, stops at the end of the Missouri game. Finally, got a little pressure on Connor Brady. They did, but they still gave up really got forty points, basically. Yeah. I, I think you know they You're play right Army there. this week. No, we'll see. We'll see. Number six, Tennessee falls one spot. Not really because of anything that they did. They did get the win, but yeah, I test Missouri looked a little bit better than Tennessee did last week. Uh, number seven, yeah. up two spots this week, the Florida Gators. Mm-hmm. They're just Which winning. means they're behind a team they beat. That is correct. Mm. Does that mean there's a flaw in the system, or does that mean we're just watching the games and using our eyes? We are watching the game. I, I, I believe that Tennessee is a better team than Florida, even though Florida beat them. I don't know how that makes Barely sense, but I believe even. it. Yeah, that, that's what... I have I have no idea what Florida is. Florida is five and two, but if you watch if you just watched them play and you didn't know what the score was, you think they might be winless. They're just they're not a very aesthetically pleasing team. We'll say it like that. Last week, notwithstanding, though, because Graham Mertz looked really good last week. He looked really good, but South Carolina's defense is really bad. Understand. Really bad. But he threw for four hundred. He had like well, four Rogers games combined where he didn't I mean, go for four hundred at Wisconsin. Um. All right, so after Florida at number eight, Texas A&M. Yeah. Trending down. Trending down, you're right. So A&M falls from six to eight this week. Mm-hmm. Kentucky falls from seven to nine after the loss. And then, again, we have Kentucky who beat Florida. Yep, two spots behind them. Two, yeah. Is it because of quarterback play at Kentucky? Because Devin Leary just hasn't been that impressive? Yeah, he hasn't been very good. He hasn't been very good. And they kind of got around that with this physical uh, persona that they had the first five weeks, and then Georgia just pimp slapped them. And and now I don't know what to make of Kentucky. And point. then Missouri, like, double pimp slapped them. Yeah. yeah Missouri absolutely. At, at, at Kentucky, too. Just yeah. smacked them around. Number they 10. Money. On the Sports Talk Mississippi world-famous SEC football power rankings, South Carolina. But this is kind of where it gets shaky. They're the best of the worst? Is that what we're saying here? Are they? I mean, they've beaten uh, Vanderbilt and Mississippi State. Okay. They don't play Auburn. They do play Arkansas, though. Right? They do? No, they don't. They don't play Arkansas. No, no, not no, this year. Not they this don't. year. Uh, number 11 is Arkansas. Indian. And Arkansas yeah. gets a little bit of a benefit of the doubt here because they've played, have played close games against good teams. They have lost five right. games in a row. They're two and five overall, and winless in the SEC at zero and four. But they kind of been in several yeah. of those games. They were. They'll drop to thirteenth if they lose to state this weekend. Uh, number twelve on the list: the Auburn Tigers. I guess. Yeah. yeah. I, I guess if I could put the, if I could give their defense to LSU, I have the national champion. Uh, State at thirteen and Vandy at fourteen. I, I honestly have you could. I, I I struggle a little bit with whether or not State should be ahead of Auburn. You can make a case after the way Vandy was kind of competitive with Georgia for a few quarters that should State be fourteen. 
Yeah. It was 7 nothing Vanderbilt. I was just looking at it. I was like, is they the worst team in the conference? I don't know. Mm. So, there you go. Georgia 1, Bama 2, Ole Miss 3, LSU 4, Missouri and Tennessee 5 and 6, 7, 8, 9, Florida, A&M, and Kentucky, South Carolina 10, Auburn 11, and then we ramp it up or round it out with Auburn at 12, State at 13, and Vanderbilt at 14. So number two beat number 11 by three at home. And that's that. That's not a very large gap there. You're right. Yeah, Ole Miss, number three, beat number 11 by seven at home. What does that mean for this week? Georgia, Georgia, number one, beats number 12 by seven. What does it mean for this weekend? For, for, for Ole Miss, that means Ole Miss is a really good football team. But they are not so good that they can just show up and win. They have to play well. Now, they haven't played well on both sides of a ball and of the ball in one game yet. They've had one game. They had games where the offense carried them. Games where the defense carries them. Mm. I think this week, if the offense carries them, they'll be fine. Because I don't think Auburn can score a lot of points anyway. Regardless of the defense, for state, yeah, and for state, it's win or tap out. One of the two. Larry in Mize says, I don't know why y'all are so impressed with Tennessee. I mean, they've just, they've won their games. They've only got the one loss. Yeah, that's the reason. Sports Talk Mississippi, streaming at supertalk.fm and Supertalk TV. We'll take a timeout. We're back with you right after this. Sports Talk Mississippi. <laughs> On Super Talk Mississippi. There's a mid-season AP All-America team. Yeah. Do you know that was a thing? I, I learned about it this week. Your first team offense, Michael Penix Jr. is the quarterback. Hard to argue there. No. The yeah. running backs are done. Jonathan Brooks from Texas. And Aldrich Estime from Notre Dame. Sure. Uh, let's see. Are there any SEC offensive linemen in here? Notre Dame, Oregon State, Michigan, Kansas State, Oregon. Okay. We'll skip on that. Brock Bowers is the tight end. Wide receivers. SEC flavor here. Malik Neighbors, LSU. Mm-hmm. Luther Burden, Missouri. Sure. And then how do you – is it – Rome or Rome Adunze at Washington? We'll go with Rome, as if it's 
you know, so somebody behind me. Like yes, that's correct. Uh, okay. So those are your wide receivers. Your all-purpose player is Ashton Genty from uh, Boise State, and the kicker is Alabama's Will Reichard. Go figure, Alabama with a mid-season AP All-American kicker. Remember when Alabama had kicker trouble? I do. It was like the only chink in their armor for a long, long time. Yeah, yeah. Uh, first team defense, Latu Latu at UCLA as an edge rusher, Dallas Turner at Alabama as an edge rusher. Give you the Latu Latu the slender. Uh, Edgerin Cooper, Texas A&M, first team linebacker. Really good. The, the cornerbacks, both from the SEC, Kool-Aid McKinstry at Alabama, Chris Abrams Drain at Missouri. The safeties, Malachi Starks from Georgia, and hey, here's something good from Auburn. Jalen Simpson, All-American player. Mid-season AP All-American. Um, really good player. Cooper DeJean at uh, defensive back from Iowa. And the punter is Tory Taylor, also from Iowa. As if there was really any other option. Yeah. Second team, Jaden Daniels at LSU. Quarterback. Running backs, Ray Davis at Kentucky. He's had a really good season for the Wildcats. Blake yes. Corum at Michigan. This feels like the first name-by-reputation pick as opposed to what he's done on the field. Yeah. Uh, the uh, the tackles include Javon Foster from Missouri, mm-hmm. uh, Cedric Van Pran from Georgia at center, wide Very receivers. Pretty uh, pretty good ones here. Marvin Harrison at Ohio State. Marvin Harrison Jr. Troy Franklin from Oregon. Make sure you specify. Yeah. And uh, Xavier Leggett from uh, South Carolina. Keon Coleman is an all-purpose player. The uh, Michigan State transfer at Florida State. Uh, just quickly, the second-team defense. Two receivers Mississippi State has, has played are first- and second-team All-Americans. Yeah. Maxwell Hairston is a corner from Kentucky. Uh, oh, and Matthew Habel from uh, Vanderbilt, the second-team AP All-American midseason punter. I mean, do you have any uh, any qualm with either Malik Neighbors or Xavier Leggett being on the midseason All-American? No, they've, been, they've been really, really good. Yeah. Games in the top 25 this week. The, the headline grabber, obviously, is Penn State at Ohio State. Yeah. Do you have an issue with this game being played at 11 a.m.? I, I understand what Fox has done. They have made that their primetime slot. Does this game not feel like it was made to be played under the lights? Here's what I'm going to say. I don't care when these games are played. I just want to watch them. Mm-hmm. If Ohio State is on playing Penn State at 11 a.m., I will watch it. Now, obviously, with me, I have to be tuned into Mississippi State, Arkansas, but I will have the Ohio State Penn State game on. If that game is at 2:30, I would watch it. If it was at six o'clock, I would watch it. If it was at eight o'clock, I would watch. It doesn't matter what time the game is for me. I will watch it. So you know, you, you just got to determine what games you want to watch. And, yeah. and would it be a better atmosphere? Sure, sure, it would. Of course, it would. But it's still going to be a great atmosphere and a great game as it is. Yeah. 
I don't know, man. I just may, maybe more so if it was at Penn State, I would be like, this should be yes. a night game. That's true too. But I guess most of Ohio State's biggest games, mm-hmm. just kind of through the years, usually have been played during the day. In, during the day, have Michigan and Ohio State ever played a night game? Not that I'm aware of. Maybe. I mean, I don't ever remember it not being at 11 a.m. If there's a, and, and, a Buckeye fact, the, or a Wolverine listening. Yeah, the the biggest night game that I remember at Ohio State mm-hmm. was when they hosted Texas. Texas and Oklahoma as well. Was the Oklahoma game at night? I believe so. Okay. But the rest of the top 25, yeah, UCF and Oklahoma. Just UCF, just I mean, w- welcome, welcome to the Big Twelve. Three and three overall, zero yeah. and three in league play. Hmm. And John Rice Plumley has been pretty, been pretty hurt. limited over the last month. Yeah, Air-, Air Force at Navy on CBS. Washington State at Oregon. What happened with Washington State last week? Yeah, they, they, they've. They've kind of fallen off a little bit, and they got waxed by Oregon. Oregon's been playing, I'm not Oregon, Arizona. Arizona's been playing a lot better since Jaden Delora got injured. It's yeah. kind of weird. Like, their backup has, has elevated them. Was it Fafita? Is that, I think that's his name. He's been really correct. good. Really, been really good. good, yeah. I mean, should have beat USC. Yeah. Oregon has no margin for error, though, the rest of the way. No, nah, they can't. I, they I can't, don't, can't lose again. Yeah, I, I don't think they are out of it. Like, they're not dead as it pertains to the college football playoff, but there is no margin for error the rest of the way. Top 20 matchup in Tuscaloosa. Number 17, Tennessee. Number 11, Alabama. Tennessee's only loss was to the Gators in the Swamp. Alabama's only loss was at home to Texas back in week two. Mm-hmm. Cheapest ticket to get in the door for this one, $127. It's probably got, a little cheaper than it was last year. Probably. Who's got the better quarterback in this game? Is it Jalen Milrow or Joe Milton the third? It's Milrow. It's Milrow. He's, I'll, I'll say this, Milrow's playing better. Not even a hesitation? To me, no. Milton has been so inconsistent. Really disappointing. I'm not sure who had a worse Heisman pick on our preseason predictions. You or me. Yeah, I went with Carson Beck, and you went with Joe Milton. Yeah. I was just thinking, as you were saying, that that was the stupidest exercise. You're like, hey, give me all your uh, predictions. (laughs) None of them have been good so far. South Carolina at Missouri. So this is one of those games where you might be like, should Missouri be in trouble? Should they be worried? Am I crazy? Missouri's a seven-point favorite. Am I crazy for thinking that Missouri wins this game by, like, 30? Yeah, South Carolina's not any good. Yeah, I think Missouri will win the Mayor's Trophy very easily. North Texas is at Tulane. Tulane is 5-1, and one, off to a 2-0 and oh start in mm-hmm. the American. Minnesota at Iowa. Who had we them on about... the ropes a couple weeks ago? Oh, God, that game. I can't wait to watch that game. I, I'm going who, who to tune in. Tulane on the ropes? So somebody had Tulane on the ropes a little bit, didn't they? And then Tulane was, UAB? Come, was it Memphis? No, it was no, UAB. No, it was Memphis is what I'm thinking of. Okay, but I was thinking of Memphis the other, like last Thursday. Oh, yeah, yeah, 
Yeah. Yeah. Uh, last Friday night. Last Friday night, yeah, yeah. Yep. Because Memphis had a lead for a while and kind of couldn't really get That's, it done. Couldn't hold on to it, yeah. Yeah. I was sad I missed the Friday show last week after that Houston-West Virginia game, by the way. <sighs> that was so much fun to watch. We played some of the highlights from the uh, beginning of the game, uh, and that was that was fun to unpack that one. So you said you're looking a, forward uh, to Minnesota and Iowa on NBC at 2.30? Yeah, sicko advisory. Let's go. Over Iowa, under 31 and a half. Iowa's a three and a half point favorite, and the total is 31 and a half. And if I handed you a crisp $100 bill, you would bet it on the under? Buddy, not only would I bet it on the under, I'd go find five or six more crisp $100 bills to try to get on there, too. Well, I mean, you know, the sports book at uh, Golden Moon's really not that far from you. It's not. It's not. That might be a, uh, an investment uh, decision I have to make this weekend. Texas is at Houston. Longhorns are a 23-and-a-half-point favorite. Carolina, 23-and-a-half-point favorite at home against Virginia. We'll look at the rest of the top 25 when we come back. Sports Talk Mississippi with you in the Pearl River Resort Studio. Super Talk Mississippi. All right, finishing up these games involving top 25 teams. We'll do that in just a second. First, though, we remind you that Sports Talk Mississippi is brought to you in part by Visit Oxford. You can find them online at visitoxfordms.com. Be sure to follow along on all of their social media accounts, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and TikTok. And uh, saw the announcement earlier this week, Holly Jolly Holidays coming back once again this year. And uh, we will tell you a little bit more about that as we get closer to uh, that Thanksgiving week rolling into the holiday season. The question is, will we get Brian Haydad on ice skates? That is the question. You know, I'll be honest with you. You yeah. have a better chance this year. Okay. Yeah, you know, I feel we, a little bit better about my body at this point. What if what if we did our preview video on the ice in skates? Are we going to hold hands? Uh, no. No. So if I fall, it's just, you know. Yeah, it's I just, just fall. It's just you fall on your rump on the it's ice. Just, I fall, back of the head on the ice, vegetable the rest of my life. Sounds well, great. No, yeah, let's no, do it. Need, yeah, that's the thing. If you're going to skate, you have to learn how to fall gracefully. Okay, then. Visit OxfordMS.com for all of the details. <laughs> or you hit your knee uh, and you're like Nancy Kerrigan, you're like, why? Why? Oh. <laughs> Richard's just over there like, got him, finally. <laughs> Uh, All right, rest of the top 25 games. Virginia at UNC, uh, Ole Miss at Auburn, Rebels 6.5-point favorite. Michigan a 24-point favorite at Michigan State. Rivalry game, I know, but is that enough points considering the way Michigan's been playing and the way Michigan State's been playing? Mm. Florida State, big number, 14.5-point favorite at home against Duke. 
Clearly, Florida State's offense is better than Duke's. That Duke defense is for real, though. Really good. They're a good team. Yeah. Line has gone up in the Army-LSU game. LSU was a 30-point favorite. It's now 31, 6.30 kickoff in the end zones? Hmm? Have you seen the end zones? No, are they camouflaging them? They camouflaged, yeah. Purple and gold camo? No, no, uh, you know, standard like Army camouflage. That's really cool. Really it's cool, cool, yeah. Utah at Southern Cal. That is at night on Fox, 7 o'clock on Fox. Uh, Southern Cal, a seven-point favorite at home with the Coliseum. FS1 at 9.30. You get Arizona State and Washington. The Huskies are a 26-and-a-half-point favorite. And UCLA, 17-point favorite on the road at Stanford, 9.30 on ESPN. This is Sports Talk Mississippi. When we get done, coming up next, it's the news. And then after that, all right, hey there, get your stupid wrestling voice out. Tell us what's coming up. Got to kill that music. I was going to go another way. I was going to go another way. I'm sorry. Well, you better adapt, big boy. (laughs) You better get yourself together. Because we need to know what's coming up on Thunder and Lightning on the radio. None of this podcast nonsense. Richard Cross, I need you to be quiet for just a few minutes here, Daddy, while I tell you what's going to be happening on Thunder and Lightning. Hard times, if you will on the Mississippi State Nation right now, but the American Dream, Brian Haydad, is here to tell you that everything might be all right now. We just got to soothe it on out. But we start this week going to Arkansas for a game against the Razorbacks, Daddy. Going to be plunder all over the field. we talk more about it at 6 o'clock. Thunder and lightning, Jack. It's on the radio. Yeah. Just be quiet. You don't know anything about anything. <laughs> oh, me. Dusty Ripley. Rhodes not that good, to be honest with you. <laughs> that's that's not true. Everybody tells me that that's one of my favorite, that's one of my best ones. Uh, they're placated. Yeah, not everybody, clearly. <laughs> clearly not everybody. What do, you two, what, do, what do you two know about anything? David Ripley. Dave knows what he's talking mm-hmm. about. I sure to enjoy you guys' show. And Will is always cool. Yeah, he's great. Thanks, Dave. We appreciate that, buddy. Um, bring that bull junk. <laughs> if you will. Uh, ooh. Oh, ho, ho, ho. Looking ahead to next Tuesday and the fishy line of the week, we're going to have some new news for you. Yes, sir. New news coming to you from our friends at PTG Outdoors. Although, hey, Dad, oh. you're going to yeah. have to be in charge of that. I will, I will not be with you next Tuesday. That's right. Or Don't next worry about Wednesday that. I got or next Thursday. I, I, I handled it uh, last week when you were out, and I will handle it again. Uh, Wonderful. Week. Wonderful. Uh, Jimbo says you need to have a little more lisp when you do the American Dream. It, it didn't hurt, but I'm, I'm confident in my Dusty Rhodes. Uh, another message. That's a great Dusty Rhodes. Funky like a monkey. <laughs> Give him the flip flop and fly, Daddy. No pork and beans reference in there, which No, I, I have dined with Kings and Queens though. William, always a pleasure. Thank you for uh, gracing us with your presence. Yes, sir. Mr. Hey Dad, wish I could say the same for you. I'm Richard Cross. Aww. Thanks for being with us in the Pearl River Resort Studio. Have a wonderful Wednesday night. 
Thunder and Lightning on the radio. Coming up next. Running a business is tough. If you're struggling with HR benefits and payroll, you're not alone. Many businesses just don't have the resources to keep up. That's where MWG Employer Services comes in. We provide a full range of employer services with everything from payroll to benefits to HR services and compliance and can create a custom plan that fits your needs and budget. We're a Mississippi-based company that can help you focus on what you do best, growing your business. Call MWG Employer Services today at 601-206-7966 or go to MWG Employer Services a Super Talk Mississippi media production. 